This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Yes, uh, good points. And, and I, I think I, I quite often see that we have sometimes, for example, clinical customers, and I, I can notice that they haven't been watching the raw signal when they have been studying because they might have like questions, for example, like you have an accelerometer on the wrist, and then they are saying that this, this says that I, I was sleeping and I was just laying without moving in the bed for one hour. Like, why? This, this Your device is not working. And it's a very long email discussions trying to explain that how it works it's not perfect it cannot detect from the wrist that are you actually sleeping and and same thing for the for the different variables that if you are sleeping in a bed in a way that your leg is hanging down it cannot <laughs> it thinks you are standing and 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 for example sitting that you can sit in a bar stool that it's almost standing and then like which one does it need to be how does it measure so i think we quite often see that difference that they haven't been looking the the raw signal and it, it makes quite a big difference yeah yeah absolutely uh, so and that goes to expectations management from technology that uh, it's not that you have a, we don't want that i think no one wants to have a camera 24 7 around you to say exactly what you were doing uh that as far as i can think is the only way that you would really have 100% sure of what a person is doing but no one wants that and the trade off not having that is uh that those type of things happen that you are laying down in bed and the uh, and the sensor counts uh, if you only have movement then of course we can go if you have heart rate if you have respiratory that's okay you can the more data you have the more accurate your your prediction or, or your uh, assessment will be but uh or for example uh, something that happens a lot uh, that i c- came across a lot in the netherlands is the cycling that's why because uh, it's the students some students cycle uh, 10 15 kilometers to go to the university and to come back and say yeah but why does the sensor uh, sensor doesn't recognize cycling and that is the most of my uh, physical activity in the day fair enough and it is very healthy and it is physical activity, but still the sensor says it's time to go for a move or the app, not sense, but the app says it's time to go for a move. And why does it happen? And it's good to be aware of these things. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And also, also in active learning, you could, for example, have that the students have sensor on the wrist and on the thigh, and then, then they would actually see the difference that the other one is detecting cycling. How is the, how is the difference in, in intensity uh, detection? Um, how, how do you see the active learning in, in relation to sleep, sedentary behavior and physical activity in different fields of research? How, how does it differ between more engineering, technical side, more psychological? And, and this how, how do you see the differences what should teacher be considering uh, yeah it's it's a good question very uh, very different so what uh, we already touched that uh, for example and that I'm sure you can tell, tell much more much more for uh, the sports science and for the movement sciences maybe are much more interested in, in the data I would say also the raw data I don't know what what is your experience also from uh, from there? Yeah, I have studied like 
exercise physiology, sport coaching and, and fitness testing and biomechanics. So I think biomechanics is probably most about the signal itself. You usually need to be, if you do a PhD in biomechanics, you need to be coding at least some of the analysis. Usually usually exercise physiology people in general don't code in, in their PhD, for example. So I think that's that's difference and and in sport coaching it's more about more about the result variables, although you need to understand that where do they come from. And then if it's fitness testing, you need to look quite a bit signal. It's not very easy to look for the lactate thresholds. You you really need to see the ventilatory gases, lactate and, and so on. So I think that's that's again quite a bit of looking at the at the signals themselves. How, how do you see it from from the side that you are you are coming and, and with the you've been teaching also virtual coaching and other things in the in the unit? Yeah, I think it's, um, and, and I was just, sorry, I was just thinking because of what you said that, uh, that of your bubble, of your studies, that uh, maybe uh, even for the active teaching, um, I think an idea is in that case, not just that the student measures himself, but even give the sensor to someone that accepts it, of course, your mother, your father. So someone that is outside the bubble to also understand what happens with someone that is very sporty, very sportive, but very yourself, for example. But that there is also a world outside the bubble, but still in a safe environment. It's still someone, a friend or a family member that you know. And then look at the data. I was just thinking about it um, uh, in this case. Uh, but going to, to your question of of the the more the clinical the more psychology side i think that that is a, a group that are um, study pro study, are study programs that benefit a lot from hands-on uh, because one thing is you learn of course it's good to be healthy and uh, or to to be active for uh, what are the consequences for your health but it's a very at a very uh, high level um and and in what my experience in, the, in these cases is that even the students are not aware of how active they are and how just create awareness and what do you expect from other people and what you preach then in your sessions to you need to become healthy and what do you do uh, in, uh, in reality? And, and also another thing and just talking a bit about, uh, about technology. I think you could, we cannot imagine that in 10, even now, but let's even talk about five, 10 years from now, that the, the clinical professionals will not have contact with any technology, with any digital health in their daily practice, but also that people will come and say, Hey, but uh, I did this. The, the, um, the citizen empowerment, the patient empowerment, that the patients themselves are monitoring uh, their physical activity. And then if you as an healthcare professional never did it and have no idea how it works, you know, you get, I don't know, I think it's, it's just, it's, it's also building off a set of skills for these, uh, um, let's say, healthcare professionals in a very broad sense of, uh, of the, the word. You, you will be confronted with technology, uh, with this type of mo self-monitoring technology in one way or another. I cannot imagine that you will not. We are talking, of course, now about Europe and, uh, um, and the, uh, so it, I think that's, 
if if you do it already while uh, in within a university within a study program, it's also a safe environment to have this first contact with technology, to try it, to test it, to uh, as you said, to be a subject to create awareness, to to understand that technology is not perfect. Expectations management again. Um, that if someone comes to you and say, yeah, technology, you can measure this and you can measure that and you can measure that, you always have that critical thinking, like. Okay, but uh, what uh, what are we going to do? And also to understand, um, and then of course it depends then if you are more in a, in a research oriented or not, but to understand the burden that if you ask someone to be monitored, uh, what what the little thing that you ask is already um, something that you add to the routine. And if you try it yourself, you understand much better. Oh, it's just answering this question. And, oh, it's just doing the sleep log, the sleep monitoring. You know, I think sleep is perfect because it's just, I just give a, a book, a diary, and you just write down the time you went to sleep and the time you wake up. Do you prefer this or do you prefer a sensor that you put under your mattress and you don't have to do anything? You just lay down, measure the things, the data is sent. Maybe just the first day you have to, I don't know, or connect to an app or something, but it's it's very little. So also to to understand how it is to be on the other side, on the, the side of the patient or the subject. So that's, uh, that, that I think, uh, I think it's, uh, it's it for this. So prepare for the future for the clinical professionals and also be aware of the, be, uh, yeah, create awareness about uh, the behavior. Um, and then I think there is, uh, there is another one that is uh, the more media and just thinking about my own experience. I was also teaching for, uh, teaching a course for creative technology. So students had <laughs> the first lecture was always almost about what is healthcare? <laughs> You know, and it was very interesting because at the University of Santa is, I would dare to say, one of the most international study programs. So we would have students from everywhere. And yeah, you, you would start really with the basics of healthcare. And this was a course that was very interesting because we always had, um, um, like a client. And in this, uh, for example, one of the years we were working with, um, students who, uh, with the patients or with association of uh, multiple sclerosis. And you even start with how to talk to people, you know, how to talk to patients. And, but it was, it was amazing. It was really good to see, to see the growth of the students. And the feedback that we received is that they were this creative technology or the ones that were more um, digital media oriented. It's like, yeah, we want to build the next big app, you know, that is the big dream, the, the next app that will, and of course, health, fitness is, uh, is but they never talked. To, they, they didn't know what, what healthcare was and how to, to talk to people. And, uh, and in these courses, even, I think even in this, this year that we worked with multiple sclerosis, I always try to, to include some measurement, uh, just, just to have a feeling. And of course, we are not talking about, in this case, about clinical. It's, it's more in the, in the fitness, in the, in the wellness uh, domain, but just, to understand a bit, you know, to get a bit of a, a feeling about this um, this field, and it was always very, uh, very appreciated. That's uh, that's very nice. It's uh, it was an elective, of course, not a mandatory course, but the, the students who join would appreciate it. And I, I think now, as you mentioned, that you had like multiple sclerosis, for example. I was I was studying in sports sciences, and for example, we had like how to do exercise prescription for different patient groups. But we actually never saw patients. So for me, 
like different uh, patients with different conditions. They are just words on a book. I, I don't know how it looks like, how, how hard can they train, for example, that you, you, for example, think cancer patients that, oh, they, they are in a very bad position. But actually, I, I had a recording with Kieran Fairman and he's, he's been studying uh, cancer patients that he's, he's saying that the deadlift is the best exercise for cancer patients. But then you're like, oh deadlift that's really hard for me also like it, it feels horrible but but it's it's understanding and and i think for example i lack that i didn't see the patients group so i don't really understand how they are and i think that's that's really a, a weakness and and i think what you said about this app development it's really important that if you try to develop an app that you actually understand what is it? For example, five, ten years ago, there was a lot of companies that startups that wanted to measure EMG muscle activity. Yeah, that yeah, you you wear this shirt and it's measuring EMG on the gym, and then you see the value. But actually, if you if you have measured EMG and analyzed a bit, you know that one centimeter difference in the location makes a huge difference. And if you actually done strength training, you know that you don't need any technology if you just put so much weight that you can only do five times and definitely not more it is the maximum activation whether the number is 1200 microvolts or 1500 it doesn't make any difference it's about your effort and and consequently i i think all of those companies are bankrupt or didn't succeed because it just doesn't make sense in, in my my books to measure measure emg in that way yeah yeah, I think it's a it's a very good point, and if uh, if you if you see, uh, it's not uh, for nothing that uh, you see very often uh, companies, digital health companies, starting by patients that that, that know the are the, in the first hand, uh, first person of course uh, the struggles, and you have a couple examples of it. Or patients, or for example, family members. That also happens a lot with uh, for for children. Um, because uh, yeah, who who knows better? And and, and another point you mentioned the, the the patients that you didn't have any contact. For example, what I noticed in this case was a year that really uh, stayed in my mind is multiple sclerosis uh, uh, group that also you don't put a, a a label. Oh, this patient, this person has multiple sclerosis, so has these, these, and these, and these. Especially with a disease as multiple sclerosis is such a large spectrum. And also for the same person that happened, so this course took I think three months and if you have if the patient has a flare-up during this this period the the solution that the students were designing at the beginning was not any more um, suitable after a flare-up because the the condition this is progressed unfortunately so uh, you know to understand that it's not one size fits all even for one condition or for example you're talking about the oncology the patients with the uh, people with cancer yeah I mean what is the spectrum that that you have there um and and these are things that unfortunately are not so obvious for people who uh who don't have the the contact uh so it's it's real world <laughs> even even it's uh to go as basic as uh as that and uh and uh um my experience is uh, is that the students uh, really appreciate it. Or, for example, in the same course with the same group of students, media, we also had I think two three years that we were working with um with a nursing home for people with dementia. And again, 
dementia, you have a huge spectrum. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it was very interesting because we see a lot of the uh, developments for uh, technology to support, I don't know, from memory games, cognition games to everything simulation. Uh, and for example, for and to go back to the physical activity, uh, one of the, the things they did was um, a garden to a virtual garden, but to help people or to motivate people to, to move. And the type of stimuli that you need to put to someone that is in the early stage of dementia is very different than someone who is at a later stage, of course, not the bad uh, stage, but further in, uh, in the disease. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very, uh, I think it's, it's very interesting and it's, uh, yeah, the, this active, uh, this being at the place, feeling, being the, the seeing, seeing it with your own eyes, experiencing with your own hands uh, is very important uh, for everyone. Yeah, and also seeing the technology, but also doing the test, for example, yourself. I'm, I'm thinking, for example, the measurement of balance or measurement of maximum strength that many times people who haven't done it themselves, they think that, all right, you do the measurement and you get the value and that's it. But for example, if you have a really easy balance test that you, for example, stand on both feet, usually old people get the best results because they need to concentrate and young people are just like standing there uh, thinking about something else and they are swaying quite a bit. And that, that was what we get in, in one study that the old people had the best balance because they were actually concentrating on it and the young people not. And, and it is like that. If you put the young people to stand like that, what's the motivation? Like they just all right, it's 15 seconds I'm standing here, like, oh, all right. And and I think the same is for maximum voluntary contraction, so testing the maximum strength. I've been in quite many studies in sport, sports sciences, and it's crazy as a research assistant how much you need to shout for the persons. And the louder you shout, higher the force is. So it's, it, it, it really is. I, I don't know if you have done it, but it's, it's, it's really about wrist but also like for example especially like something hard which is for example quadriceps strength like knee extension it it is like you can you can for example do first that you don't shout and you get like for example 200 newtons then you kind of shout a little bit you get like 300 and then you shout a lot you get 600 and it can be like it can double and and it's it's crazy and and it's it's also about the critical thinking that if you if you have a study design which is testing something that you drink this drink and then we test the MVC again, it's it's really easily like just a just a bias that the participants are a little bit more motivated. So so I think those are also also important things from active learning, not only the technology, but getting the feeling of of doing something which is dependent on on motivation or or focus or or something. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have had good points and, and maybe maybe bringing back, I think in what we discussed in active learning, you had a good point of bringing students of different backgrounds that you get mixing of ideas. You can have different kind of measurements. You can have self-report, consumer devices, more accurate devices, and you can compare again, a lot 
good for the critical thinking and then that you have different groups of people as participants it can be patient groups it can be your parents that you do you do your physical activity measurement and, a, and an intervention and see how to give feedback for them see how you give feedback from negative results so i think good points hopefully hopefully our listeners get something for uh, active learning from yep. this Thanks for and us in this the second part we will be recording research in a moment podcast. we go a little bit more concrete like as, the we show, be, as we will introduce the new Vivian student lab package uh, which we have put together so this it will include systems to measure sleep sedentary behavior physical activity very easy way if you're looking to have a more active teaching in your classes check this episode or if you would in real old school way simply tell a friend about the show it would be a great help for us we have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes so be sure to tune in thank you all for your support and have a great day